morning! This is Felicia Day, King of Forrester from MST3K and author of Embrace Your Weird. And you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Push the button, Steve! Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for January 9th, 2024. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Have a Dream, Steve. I'm Chip. I'm have a dream, Steve. I'm Chip. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. <laughs> Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, <laughs> there's so many great ways to find more information. Chip, the happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day coming up on Monday, I guess. Huh? We, we get a three-day weekend, Steve. You know what I need after a good holiday is a three-day weekend. <laughs> Yes, it's back to school week for me, going back to school, starting musical season. Yes, a a three-day weekend sounds great to me. I have a dream about a three-day weekend. Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. You went to a wrestling movie, Chip. This is The Iron Claw. This has been getting great reviews. Steve, did you say wrestling movie? It's a wrestling film, yes. It is. What a great cast it had. And this is a, I don't know, did you grow up watching wrestling? I did. We've had this conversation a couple of times. As a young person, wrestling was certainly that storytelling, those characters that came to life that we understood the athleticism that it took to do this, but it was much more Shakespearean storytelling with characters evolving over the course of their careers. So yes, I was, I was that kid that was interested in those people. Well, how interesting because, you know, I grew up in North Carolina, as as you know, um, and we had NASCAR here and we also had the regional wrestling and, you know, they may be in Charlotte, they may be in uh, Atlanta for our area. I, I don't know if Chicago had its own version of it, but our subject of this movie, they were out of Dallas, Texas. Okay. Um, and so that is where their wrestling uh, stage was set up and that was their market was probably the Texas area and uh, people would go. And, and once again, it's, 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 you use the word Shakespearean. That's certainly being very um, liberal with the idea of what Shakespeare would be like, okay. but it is storytelling, right? And this is before the WWE. This, this is before Hulk Hogan and Randy Piper and all where they had real big money behind it. Okay. This is, regional money behind it and you would have your stories and what they were very good at showing in this movie is not everybody had that storytelling ability they were fumbling over their lines quite a bit they were trying to build characters um and this was movie was inspired by real life events so it's true-ish okay and what i i should i should also mention is that the the producers of this, the people who funded it, were from the BBC, Steve. All right. Uh, you, you're selling it really well so far. I, I am interested in this in this film. This American sport-like subject 
um, was, you know, once again, funded by the BBC. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the early 70s, I'm sorry, the mid 70s, early 80s, probably up to 1990 or so. I know 1986 was part of this. Um, the Von Erich brothers, there were five of them. We, we, we learned there were five of them. We get to meet four. One died when they were really young. Zach Efren is our our lead in this. This is the person we want to follow through the entire uh, movie. He has this uh, young lady come up to him after uh, one of the wrestling matches and just basically just says, hey, you know, you should probably ask me out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I should do that. He's just being a young man who basically spent his life lifting weights and learning the craft of wrestling, just kind of naive out there. And just found this wonderful lady who helped him grow and become ultimately the man he is. And she goes, well, what do, what do you really want out of life? And he says, well, I just want to be with my brothers my entire life. And this is a movie about him slowly losing every single one of them. Wow. And then growing from that, you know, there there's a happy ending. At the end, they, they show a picture of the entire family who is the family today and his kids who've had kids who may have had kids. I mean, what can I say? I really like this film. If you have any interest in wrestling or, you know, what it takes to be a wrestler or love family. Yeah. um, And the choices that we make, the circumstances that come to us that limit our, opportunities out there Hmm. um this is a story of resilience it's a story of love for family and brothers i mean it truly is a a lovely movie about a childish sport that is not a childish movie Hmm. it is it's a it's a truly a you know a a good uh, a good father-son type of of movie so Hmm. 65 out of 100 i do recommend this all right. You also saw Dave Chappelle, the dreamer. This is available on Netflix. Now, Dave Chappelle, uh, maybe one of, one of our most famous stand-up philosophers of the 21st century. Yeah. It's real important to remember when you watch a comedian, that's not necessarily their person. You may think it's their person, but if they have an act, they are presenting the information mm-hmm. and certainly they are going to say things that are going to be, provocative um, perhaps let's use the word provocative Steve. Uh-huh. that's a great word mm-hmm. and dave Chappelle is very good at pointing out you know some of the hypocrisy some of the real challenges of communicating it today and in the difference between your old people and young people steve mm-hmm. you know those hippies of the 1960s versus you know the the young people of today maybe there's some differences steve Chappelle is really good i enjoyed this certainly I am of the age that I certainly identify with a lot of his comedy. That doesn't mean I, I believe it. And, and, and Dave would say this too. I, I am speaking for Dave, right? <laughs> no one wants to hurt anybody's feelings, right? Right. But it's real important that we communicate. And when you can pour salt into a wound and kind of move it around a little bit, you know, it's a tender spot, right? Mm-hmm. And he is the best at finding those tender spots. I, I agree with all of that. I look forward to the future of comedy and stand-up philosophy and Dave Chappelle. 
Steve, you know, it's a new year and that means we yeah. should eat better. Time for that part of the show that every year for the last 10 years, we've come to a moment where you and I have looked at each, each other and looked at ourselves and gone, we need to be better. And, uh, the new year that happens for a lot of people. So we once again, have been looking at ways to think differently about who we are. You and I both got a chance to watch the Netflix series. You are what you eat a twin experiment. And, you know, Steve is twins, you know, both of Sasquatch uh, nature. You um, and I, you <laughs> and I, the brothers, we're going to go out wrestling later. You and I, the brothers that have very similar and at the same time, very different experiences. We can understand what is happening here. Yeah. And, and, you know, our, our tag team is like more love, less handles. That's what <laughs> it's always about, right? <laughs> this is a very interesting scientific experiment where they took 21 sets of identical twins and they gave them very specific diets for eight weeks. One of the twins would be a vegan diet for that eight weeks, while the other would be an omnivore, a regular, balanced, good diet. And that's the point that we really need to um, state is that one wasn't eating junk and the other one was eating a vegan diet. Right. They were both eating very good planned foods for them. Mm -hmm. now, could they have cheated? Yeah, there's always that out there. But for the most part, it seemed like they were on the up and up and they were eating what they was provided to them. That scientific piece, of course, there are pieces for a scientific experiment that you can't control, but they tried very hard to control the things they could control in this. And the results are striking. It is. Um, what we know about belly fat, Steve, is that even the ones, both of them, I'm sorry, only very few of them gain weight, but they gained a little bit. But even if they didn't lose a tremendous amount of weight, the people who ate the vegan diet were losing more that were around the organs. That visceral fat. That's right. Not just the what was around your belly, but what was around the organs. The really dangerous visceral fat. And that's the, the big thing that I came away with from watching this is I need to really be concerned with that dangerous around your organs fat. I had a cheeseburger while eating this, Steve. Did you? <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. I, I don't think you would eat salmon while you're watching this for sure, because <laughs> there are some things that they show in this that uh, were truly disgusting between all of the farming of animals and uh, fish in this really turned my mind. Well, as, as that class, I don't know, was it seventh grade and at district 300? Uh, or is it, it's like every kid comes out of there and they're all vegetarians until because they like, go to the, the pork, uh, the farm and they go and see the pigs and they think about all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a fraternity brother who worked at, um, Tyson's Holly farms. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's chickens for those who, yeah. who are not familiar. And, uh, he would come back after the summer and you could not pay him to eat chicken. We see a farmer in this series that has a very similar reaction where he was a chicken farmer for life. And he finally one day decided he couldn't do this anymore. Yeah. It, it, it's just when you are away from how your food is made mm -hmm. and you don't understand how the food is made, that something dies so that you can eat. 
Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it just kind of makes suffers. it much more not challenging. Not just dies, not just dies, but suffers, and and the diseases that are a part of that farming that they point out in this are, were really mind altering for me. Well, yeah, there are other ways of buying your meat and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. But let's let's just go with this the show. This show, when you really got down to the heart of it. You've got yourself these twins. They are, they are virtually identical. They were given, you know, assuming they had the same amount of stress, assuming they had all this other stuff, you're throwing that all on this study. There was mm-hmm. no doubt that um, the ones that were eating the vegan, vegan diet certainly benefited from it. And what I also got from this is eating the right number of calories. You cannot yeah. starve this out of your body. You You have to eat calories and for the vegans that means eating a lot more food uh-huh the but, mass of food that you need to get the number of calories in order to be successful is on display here and even if you're eating um you know one of the other types of diets uh, out there when i say diets i'm not talking about losing weight diets i'm talking about eating healthy the, the type of food that you eat even they you know we're trying to make sure you eat the right amount of calories you know you can go to mcdonald's and, you know, you can eat a meal that could be 3,000 calories, mm-hmm. but it's not nutrient dense or something like that. But to get those 3,000 calories, that, that may be one of the things I track my calories quite a bit. And I eat around, I don't know, 1,800 calories a day. And the question you have to ask is, huh, Chip, why are you not skinny? Maybe I'm not uh-huh. eating enough. Maybe and I'm maybe- not eating enough of those calories. Maybe and so, you need more than what you're giving yourself for sure. So even if you are eating the fish that doesn't have, you know, interesting things coming out of it, or eating mm-hmm. good meats and stuff like that, make sure you eat the right amount of calories. Maybe become a vegan. Uh, Maybe. You know, but by the way, that is the founder of Whole Foods, John Mackey. That was their, their original, before he sold out to Amazon, their original premise was to help humans eat better. Mm-hmm. And he's a vegan. And so he really was, he, he didn't force you to be a vegan, but, you know, when you went to their, their uh, food preparation areas, they had all that vegan food available that you could just pile on and you could, you could eat. I love the scientific piece of this, the nature versus nurture experiments that are being done on identical twins here. It certainly brought me to uh, my memory of the three identical strangers movie. Oh yeah. 18 where a group of people did such experiments on babies and that is unethical. We do not experiment on people, but these people walking in and wanting to be a part of this is intriguing to me that we can find that line between nature versus nurture. They talked about epigenetics. That was a big, uh, mind blowing piece for me. DNA is not destiny. You are not just DNA epigenetics. You can change who you are. And a big piece of that is what you eat. You are what you eat. That's where they got the title. Think about how poor people eat, Steve. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm talking about you know, the number of small towns in America where many, I shouldn't call them small towns, but number of towns where someone would go to say a dollar general, and this is not picking on dollar general at all. But you know, if you have a limited amount of funds mm-hmm. and you need to eat cheaply, 
you're typically not going to the grocery store. Right. You're going to a place like Jolly General and you, you pick up a, you know, a can of, of, of corned beef or um, Vienna sausages or uh, Chef Boyardee, something or another. You know, you're getting calories and you're wondering why obesity is so massive mm-hmm. in our poor communities. Yep. And this could be it. They could, they could, this could be the challenge is we've got to eat better foods. I, I left this thinking if outside of your office you had some food truck that's preparing those foods for you, because that's what we, we really – we really struggle on how to to make those foods and the time um, the time to to get that food made and maybe outsourcing our food mm-hmm. could be the reason stopping by the grocery store and they already have it pre-made for you convenience foods that would be on the healthy side instead of the salt and sugar and fat side would change my life for sure and and you're not going to be able to do it through McDonald's nope you're going to have to do it through when I lived in Richmond, Virginia, there was a grocery store. You'd stop by, and for I can't remember what it was, twelve bucks, you could pick up a. That was a few years ago, Steve. You could pick up your family dinner, mm-hmm. and you know you could have you know tetrazzini one night, and and some other uh, uh, protein and veg the next night or whatever. That it was already done for you, and maybe that's the way to. Try to find yourself eating healthier because you're right. It's it takes skill, yeah, and it takes some effort and, and mindful. You have to be mindful of these things because mindless, just grabbing whatever is available. The thing that's available is probably not the most health filled choice. And making those choices mindfully is what I got out of this. I like this very much. I, I suggest anybody that's sitting in the new year and is thinking about these issues. Putting this data into your bucket of data that, of, of how you do things is, is a good idea. Yep, you can find it on Netflix. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Book it. Book it. Brings us to our book and our book of the week. Oh, boy. Steve, I, I want to expand my mind. Okay. I want to open up my third eye. Oh, boy. Here so, we go. Steve, do you got something for me? <laughs> I wish we did this on YouTube to see the look on Chip's face right now while he was trying to think of a nice way to say, Steve, what kind of silly thing did you bring me this week? The silly thing that I brought you this week is called Third Eye. This is a full cast audio presentation written by Felicia Day, friend of the show, Felicia Day. So everyone just take a moment. Let's flip on the lava lamp. I've got a candle lit in the background. I've got some incense going. Okay, Steve, tell us a little bit about Third Eye. Do you love snarky comedies, Chip? Do you love stories that are of a fantasy sort of magical land well have i got the story for you it begins once upon a time in the magical land of san francisco there lived a not so ordinary girl named laurel Hedegrew. this is the story of this young lady who has she has magical talents chip have i mentioned there's magic in this whole 
<laughs> so for those of you who are not familiar with Felicia Day, she is very, very talented. She originally wrote The Guild, which was a YouTube series that wasn't this strike, but the previous strike is when that was released. Very, very funny. Had all sorts of um, you know actors who were bit actors out in Hollywood that were part of it. And this seems like, um, Steve, as an audible, yes, there seems to be a big cast in this one, too. It is a huge cast. In, in addition to Felicia Day, Neil Gaiman is the narrator. You know Neil Gaiman's voice is perfect for this narration. We have Lorraine Newman, Will Wheaton, Sean Astin doing his Patton Oswald impression. I, I honestly thought that this was Patton Oswald. It's Sean Astin. And he does a great job as that uh, lovable loser character standing next to Felicia Day, so much like Mystery Science Theater, where Felicia Day and Pat Oswald played those parts. So th for those of you who are not familiar who Sean Aston is, most of us know him as Rudy. Or from the Lord of the Rings, he was a hobbit. Mist Mr. Frodo, Mr. Frodo. Mr. Frodo. <laughs> Sean Astin does a great job in this. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic has a part. Jonah Ray has a part. There's there's just so much talent. Alan Tudyk is in here. Janet Varney. The, the whole cast is that troupe of actors that Felicia Day has been working with for so long. They have a large group of people that they know each other. And they call each other to do fun things together. I can imagine the texts between these these actors, for sure. But can you do it? I don't know. We're all going to get together on Saturday and we're going to record. Like, okay. Or maybe they recorded it during the pandemic and they just recorded it at home on their own microphones. This is one of those productions. Do you think this was a, a COVID writing? I think she wrote it during COVID for sure. And I okay. don't know if they performed it during COVID, but it was only released in 2023. So there's certainly some COVID uh, hangover to the story of a, a girl trying to find herself and find uh, her group of people that will help her through an adventure in this. You were supposed to be the chosen one, Steve. Uh -huh. That's, I, that went through my head so many times. This character is supposed to be the chosen one. And there is a, a emotional moment where she loses in an epic battle and then has to redeem herself through the course of this story, finding the people that will help her do that. Uh, the vampire and the zombie and the demon. This is so silly. This is so much uh, Dungeons and Dragons type storytelling like the guild put together in such a fun, snarky way. Every sentence of this has some extra meaning where they are being silly and saying silly things. Well, the wonderful part about her and sort of her writings is oh, I always thought of them as being very playful. Mm -hmm. And very topical. Um, did you find this to be compelling? Did you like the the hero's journey, Steve? This is not my genre. The, the, the fantasy genre is not my genre. Give me science behind Give this. Give me Star Wars. Adventure. Well, I, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand that Star Wars is not science fiction. It's fantasy. I understand that Doctor Who is not 
technically science fiction. It's just wizards and, and, and having a magic wand. I get it. Shut up. <laughs> this is so much more magic is going to solve it. And that is the deus ex machina. It bothers me when that is the storytelling. I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the snarkiness. I would have written it much more in a, you know, space battle sort of scientific sort of way, but that's not what everybody wants in life. There's going to be a lot of people that love this. This is going to be one of those stories that Felicia day puts on the shelf next to her other writings. And a lot of people are going to enjoy the, the story of these silly people running around. So basically it's something that could be, uh, when I say an evergreen, not like a Christmas type thing, but it could just be picked up times every time that she has something else released. It could be something that somebody go, oh, I never read that and just pick it up. Yeah, I, I think that she is going to continue to create stories like this, and this will be one of the things on the shelf next to her other stories. I love her self-help series where she has written snarky ways to think about life that don't involve <laughs> mysteries or demons just who you are that's what she's good at is is that character building and that's what this is all about that's third eye by felicia day released in 2023 scroll with it Brings us to our scroll with it. There's plenty of things happening in the world. Let's let's talk about sports, Chip. You know, it, we were up late last night, Steve. We were kept texting back and forth, trying, you know, just following this game. You know, Washington Huskies were undefeated, by the way. We're playing Michigan, uh, the Wolverines, and uh, we just want to congratulate the winner of that game, Steve. Yes, what a game. Can you imagine that that happened that way on Monday night? That was incredible. By the way, Jim Harbaugh is up or could be uh, uh, up for the Chicago Bears or the Carolina Panthers job or the Los Angeles Chargers. Hmm. Interesting intrigue in the Harbaugh household. I, I look forward to uh, the future of football. Hey, Steve, while we're trying to eat better, and we got to discuss that, you know, it's always important to, you know, take care of looking at those finances. Yes, Chip. Finance is an important part of our lifestyle, as well as eating right and taking care of all of the other parts of our, our day. Let's get that I, budget together, man. Yeah. I've been using the app Mint from Intuit for the last 10 years. We talked about it in episode seven, by the way, back in 2014. Uh, happy 10th anniversary, Chip. But Mint, unfortunately, has shut down or is going to shut down at some point in 2024. So the question becomes, how do we want to keep our financial house in order for 2024? So for those who are not familiar with the service, you would log on. It's an, it eventually was bought by Intuit, who owns TurboTax and a whole bunch of other stuff. But it was a program that basically you put your checking account in, your, your investment accounts, and it basically aggregates all of it into a single way of looking at it. And then you could take some goals that you had, like I want to save some money for this, or I want to do something else. Well, it went away. This is going away. I used it for a long period of time. 
Ten years. Yeah, yeah. And um, now they're going to roll over your data, if you want it to be rolled over, into Credit Karma, which is basically one for to keep credit monitoring. Correct. It doesn't have quite the same features as Mint. That culling of all of that data into one convenient place is something that I, I spend a lot of time finding all that data from all of those different accounts. Many of your bank account also offer credit monitoring uh, services for no charge also. What kind of ruined it for Mint and for Credit Karma, in my opinion, is what kind of what came out last year with um, H&R Blocks, TurboTax, all of them were sharing your information mm. on, with social media companies. So whether it's something like Google or Facebook or one of the others, your information, when you did your taxes, it wasn't private. And mm. That seemed to be a violation. We know this because Mint was free, but you paid for your taxes to be done. But regardless, what can you say? Well, so, I, all I can do is is keep doing what I used to do and culling all that information manually. I'm still using Microsoft Money, a program that was discontinued in 2009, 15 years ago, is still, in my opinion, the best way to keep my eye on my finances you know as we're talking today microsoft could potentially retake the lead as a company with the most value through the stock market hmm. i know from apple they would be taking it from apple wow think about that for just a moment that, most that, is, that, that value today is in their servers that they are running they are one of the three companies running servers that run the internet and ai um and well they did come out with a new keyboard. There's a new <laughs> keyboard, everybody. 30 years of that same old Windows keyboard with that Windows key. They've added a new key to the keyboard. It's the AI button. First oh, right. time in 30 years. Well, getting back to the, um, the Microsoft money, you, you know, you're basically using a, a dead program. Absolutely. I am absolutely using a dead program. It was killed 15 years ago. I'm still running a computer in my basement that is not connected to the internet that is simply just keeping that database because that database is the one that works for me. Mint was my way to keep track of my finances for 10 years. I am waiting for somebody to come up with a solution that can finally kill this program that's been dead for 15 years the zombie that is microsoft money maybe we'll find what we're looking for in the consumer electronics show las vegas nevada starting today running through friday the consumer electronics show all of those innovations you know like a new button on your keyboard can be found there i was there 12 years ago i loved it i i don't know that there's much innovation coming out of it this year but we'll see we, i will have an eye on this for the rest of the week for sure viva las vegas steve uh, i'm all shook up don't step on my blue suede shoes how old are we <laughs> We talked about it already. Uh, happy, uh, joyous celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday. Enjoy your three-day weekend. Enjoy the fruits of Martin Luther King Jr.'s amazing life where he changed he changed the world. And uh, I will definitely be celebrating that with my students and with my family. And, uh, and then taking a day off because it's deserved. In fact, Amy, it's Civil Rights Day. It's the day mm -hmm. that we all recognize we're all equal before the law. 
And that, that important conversation about civil rights is an ongoing conversation that we are still in the middle of today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I think we can. We'll probably be healthier uh, next week. We'll see. See what happens. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is too much scrolling.com. Our email is too much scrolling at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias out there. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hassenflow. I have a dream, Chip Hassenflow. <laughs> we'll see you in the future. <laughs>